So, first Sunday of 2024 that we get to meet together. What a glorious occasion this is. And it really is nice to see your faces. Eh? Some of you look younger, younger. All of you look younger. It's wonderful. Eh? <laughs> so if you have your Bibles, we, we can ask you to take them out. And we will be looking at uh, our precious book that we've been looking at over the last year and a bit. And we'll continue the book of Philippians and be on chapter 3. And our verse for today is verse 15. Verse 15, which says this, Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Just to put uh, verse um, 13 through to 16, just to put it together so we can uh, put it into context. So Paul uh, from verse 13 says this, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. So forgetting those things that are from 2023 and previously, um, uh, and reaching forward to the, those things which are ahead, 2024 and ahead, press, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In today's verse, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Then we'll get to verse 16. But um, um, last year, we, we, we started the, this verse, verse 15, and um, we noted a few things. We noted how Paul changed his way of addressing his friends in Philippi from a place of, um, you know, Almost encouragement, encouraging the church, encouraging, uh, almost motivational speaking. Come on, let us focus. There's a prize to be won. And let's, let's keep our eyes glued on to that prize. Don't let anything deter you. Don't, let the, don't look to the east or to the west. Don't, don't, don't allow things to, to come and tamper with what God has caused you to. Um, come on, be focused. This was his, kind of his language. And then we see now from in verse 15, um, he changes his way of addressing his friends from a place of motivation and encouragement to almost a place of appealing to them, appealing to them to use their free will. So he's motivated them, he's encouraged them, let's focus, let's keep going. Now he comes and says, I've done all these things, but may I appeal to your Conscience may appeal to you, to your learnings, to you who you are, to your free will. We also noted that Paul addressed the mature Christians. He addressed the mature, he singled the mature Christians. So of course you're speaking to the, the congregation, his friends in Philippi, but now he almost pinpoints the ones who are mature, the ones that are mature. And he singled them out. And I made the following comments, or the following statements. 
If a baby Christian is to grow, he or she needs to hear God's voice without any distortion. He or she needs to hear God's voice without any distortion. And what is the primary way that God speaks to us? We know that the primary way that He speaks to us is through His Word. It's um, somewhere in the New Testament where um, I think it's Jesus speaks to His disciples or to a crowd and He says, um, actually he speaks to His disciples and says, I will send someone who will come and be with you. Speaking about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will, will remind you of things that I have taught you. And um, he will remind you of things that I've taught you. Now, we are not in those days, so we were not with G- in Jesus' days. Uh, Jesus didn't teach us physically, but he teaches us uh, through his word. And I've often asked and, and wondered, if that's true, which we know is true, that the Holy Spirit is in us and comes and reminds us of the things that God has ta- uh, uh, taught us, if we're not spending time in His Word and engaging in His Word, what is there for the Holy Spirit to remind us of? What is there? Question mark. The importance of spending time with, with God through His Word. Then I made this statement that we as Christian nation, Christian people, are committed or almost sold out on devotionals and lots of other aids that help us. You know, we like to hear other people's opinions on things, even biblical um, matters. We want to hear people's opinions, and there's nothing wrong with it. But we we are sold out to those. We are almost more um, um, yeah, sold out. We're almost more convinced by them rather than the Word of God. And we are very short. We are very um, slow in reading the Word of God. In fact, I think it's easier to take a commentary or devotional, open it up and read, rather than taking the Word of God, the Bible itself, and reading it. I don't know if it's true for you, but it's true for me. It's easier for me to take commentary. It's easier for me to take you know, other people's opinions and say, oh, what, that's what they say. I read that rather than actually going to the Word of God. And the truth is, if we use substitutes in place of the Bible, we lack spiritual nourishment. Because at the end of the day, commentaries and all these devotionals, these are things that people have come up with. Uh, we trust that those things they've, they've studied, they've learned, uh, and um, God has highlighted and enlightened them in, in those things. But actually, our responsibility as children of God is to read the Word of God and, and ask Him, meditate on the Word of God and ask Him to reveal it to us. And then we have the, all these other things supporting those, that, that um, the Word of God. And as that said, a new Christian cannot, cannot allow any spiritual replacement to displace the word of God. And that's not, it's not just uh, for the new Christians. Us, the older Christians, the ones that are mature in, in years um, in this walk, we cannot allow um, any spiritual replacement to displace the word of God. 
when I made this statement, which was maybe controversial, or uh, I don't know if it's controversial, you can make uh, your mind up. I said, groups like growth groups, we have our own, what we call our prayer and fellowship groups, um, Christian books, devotional, all these extra stuff that, uh, that exist are no alternative to the an adulterated word of God. Those things are good. They are, they are there for a reason. They are good, but they are not uh, an alternative to the true word of God. The fundamental nourishment for growth is God's voice. So are we hearing God's voice? Then we started to look at what a mature Christian looks like. How, what, is it, what does he or she look like? And today we'll continue to look at this topic. So I wonder whether that um, um, has gone through your mind. What does it actually look like? Are you mature? Can I ask you? Are you mature? Most of you probably say yes. What do you base that on? What do you base that on? You mature, okay? Well, how? How are you mature? Well, let's let's uh, let's find out. So, verse fifteen says, "Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, he singles those who are mature in the church, have this mind. And if in in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you." You would remember Paul referred to the Corinthians who had been Christians for some time as babes. Babes in Christ. That, we see that in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, verse 1. He refers to the Corinthian church as babes in Christ. But they have been Christians for a long time. Now we know that a baby is totally dependent upon someone else for nourishment. A baby is totally dependent on mom and dad, uncles, other people for nourishment. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't like to be called a baby after being, you know, having so many years on this earth and I'm still referred to as a baby. But then maybe my behavior um, uh, calls for you to, call, to, to call, call me and address me as a baby. I wouldn't like to. So can you imagine if you were at the Corinthians church and Paul, the Apostle Paul comes and speaks to you and he says, Ah, you babes in Christ. Babes is a nice word, but baby, in the, in the, in, in the, it's, not, it's not such a nice uh, um, description. You're a baby in Christ, but I've been walking with Christ for many years. See, Paul could not speak to the Corinthians as people who could feed themselves. He spoke to them as babies dependent on others. They did not know how to feed themselves spiritually. Now this is a spiritual matter. They did not know how to feed themselves spiritually. You know, the, uh, once heard that the, the, ground, the spiritual realm, the, the spiritual uh, world that we believe in, that Jesus exists in, is more real than the very chair that you're sitting on this morning. Is, it's that much more real than the very chair that you sit on this morning. These Corinthians did not understand 
the principles of the word. They did not apply um, the words to their experience. Therefore, they did not grow. In fact, they were ignorant of the Christian life. Now, truth be told, no one here in the world expects um, a baby to behave like a teenager. No one. I mean, we, you don't even have to be saved to understand that. You don't expect a baby to behave like a teenager. We do not expect much from a baby. A baby cannot chew on steak. A baby must begin with milk. The formula increases gradually in the weeks after birth. And then eventually the baby starts to eat solid food. And hopefully, as a Christian grows, he or she eats the right kind of food. And what is the right kind of food? The right kind of food is the Word of God. And they eat it in the right amount. Why? Because eventually, babies grow out of babyhood and into childhood. If all things are equal, um, eating and exercising well, they will grow into manhood and womanhood. So as baby Christians, if we are eating well and exercising, all things are equal, we, we, we participate in, in the things that we ought to participate in so that our growth can be seen, we will actually grow. We will actually grow. See, growth out of infancy means they no longer think and act like um, new Christians. Because you're, not, you're no longer an infant. You have grown. You don't think and act like a newborn baby. Here's a point uh, uh, to, to highlight. When you're at that stage, one of the ways that you see whether you can gauge whether you have indeed are maturing is um, you no longer demand your way most of the times. You no longer demand your way most of the times. Remember, kids growing up, ah, it's my way, I want my way. If I don't get things my way, I throw a tantrum and I, of course I wanted my way. As you mature, that, that behavior changes. Even as Christians, we know some Christians who behave like babies, throwing tantrums because things are not going their way. As you mature, and there's not a thing that you can put on. It, it's, only, it's a development that happens as you grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and His ways. Then you can realize, actually, sometimes, most times, things don't have to go my way. They don't have to go my way. And that's a hard one for me. And I imagine for you too. And if Christians keep, keep growing, they develop into spiritual fathers and mothers who can reproduce themselves. Can reproduce themselves. Yesterday, uh, uh, last night, early this morning, I woke up into the bathroom 
And as I went to the bathroom, I, a thought just came to my mind. And I thought to myself, is this life? We wake up, get dressed, eat, go to work, come back home, eat, sleep. The next day, repeat. Repeat. Surely that cannot be life. That cannot be the sum total of life. There has to be more to this life that God has given us. There has to be some um, excitement. There has to be something that we're working towards. So Paul would say, look at that goal. Look at that prize at the, uh, at the end of this race. That is what you, work, uh, you are working towards or walking towards. You're running towards. And as you sit and think, oh, it's the same thing, same old thing, repeat. There are things, there's, um, uh, there's repetition. In our lives, there's repetition, and that's, it, it's okay. But in this repetition, we need to actually uh, take a step back and appreciate repetition. Have you th- stopped and ever said, Lord, thank you that I can wake up and go to the bathroom? Sorry. Have you ever, said, have you ever thought of sight? Thank you, Lord, that I have a job. Thank you, Lord, that I can sleep. Thank you, Lord, that my health is good. Thank you, Lord, that um, hey, my life is just, there's repetition there. But in that repetition, am I growing? Am I excited? Am I learning? Am I, am I, thank you, Lord, for the avenues that you've allowed me to walk into. Thank you, Father. Have we ever stopped and, and thought of that? I was reading an um, article from... Uh, one of the, um, um, a guy that I look up to, a pastor that I look up to, and he, um, he wrote an, a, a letter to his congregation. And this letter was um, um, a motivational letter encouraging his, his congregation. And um, I loved what he said. He said, this was towards the end of last year. Uh, he says, no, excuse me, this was the, in the beginning of this year. He says, the new year has come. Now, I know most of us have New Year's resolutions and uh, those things are okay, but not really because we never, you know, second day it's already out the window. Um, but can I ask you, friends, church, dear church, it's okay to write goals for this year. There's nothing wrong with that. But can I ask you to rather look back in the year that's passed. And remember those things that you wrote and go and on the, that list, the tick box of that list, and look and see what have you achieved, what has happened. And instead of now going to the next thing, let's take a minute and thank God that you've achieved these things, that He's allowed you to get to this place. I thought that was quite profound. It's, it's simple, but it's quite... What does it do? It actually causes you to focus again. It causes you to uh, be um, in the mundane of life. You realize what is important. Actually, I have come through this, this year. Um, it was almost doom and gloom because of whatever, the, um, for whatever reasons. But actually, I'm alive. I'm alive today. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm alive today. So I would encourage us, I encourage myself to meet, maybe even look back and say, what, and look and see what, what has God done through you over the 2023? And as you just highlight those, um, 
things, begin just to be thankful. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the fact that you love me. Thank you, Lord, that you allow me to be where I am today. Thank you, Lord, that you are just so wonderful to me. For me, my, it, it was um, um, friends of ours, and they, we had dinner, and um, they asked us a question. And uh, the question was, what are you thankful for in your life? And I sat and asked myself, why? Why do I don't want to think. Don't make me think now. I don't want to think. But it was such a good question because it made me realize, and my answer was, I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus has carried me through 2024. With the ups and downs and challenges, and he has, con- he has carried me for his glory. And what it helped me to do is just set, step back and realize how good God is to us, to me in particular. Sorry, I digress there. Okay, back to Christianity, back to maturity, back to us, trying to understand how maturity looks like for you and for us and how do we gauge the fact that we are mature or we are maturing. I mean, it's um, you guys will know it takes some Christians many years, 25, 30 years, uh, to grow into maturity. Um, and in some ways, maybe we expect that. But on, on the other hand, others reach spiritual adulthood in just a few years. Some have been walking for a long time, but they're not mature, not fully mature. They, they are still almost infants. But others come, get born again into the kingdom of, uh, of light. And man, they just seem to just pass everyone. They just seem to be flying. We've seen that, I'm sure. We've all seen that. New Christians, new believers, outstripping us who have been walking for a long time. And I wonder why that is. There are several reasons why, I, I, I think. And one of those reasons, I believe, is complacency. Complacency is an enemy to growth. Whether it's spiritual, whether it's uh, business world, whether, whatever, whatever growth looks like, complacency is an enemy to that. Because we become complacent. We become comfortable. We become, ah, you know, there's not much more to... We need challenges. We need to... Um, challenge ourselves. We need to ask God, okay, ch- give us a challenge. Give us something to, to, to work to, towards. And that's why Paul would speak of a race. Uh, this race is a challenge. A race is not, uh, you're, as I said, race generally means that you're going to try beat everyone else and win this race. But in, this, in the Christian context, it's not wanting to beat each other. It's actually trying to help each other. The goal of the race is to finish the race together. But it's still a challenge. We still have to run. We can't be walking. Uh, sometimes we, because we are the injured, or, uh, life causes us to be walking, maybe. But then we come alongside and we help one another. But we need to be uh, ones who are, uh, have challenges in front of us. We need to take on challenges as God allows, us, allows those challenges to be um, in our lives. Because remember, everything that is in your life goes through the 
loving, faltering hands of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought of that? So whatever you're going through, whatever difficulty uh, that you are facing, do you know that God himself has allowed that to be the case in your life? Do you, do you be, <laughs> that's a hard statement. That's a hard statement. God in his loving, faltering hands says, I'm going to allow that to take place in your life. You might not understand why. I don't understand why some of the... Because I would, I would definitely say, Lord, please don't allow that. I don't see the reason for that. But he knows better. And in fact, if you believe to um, um, Ephesians 2, my, one of my favorite scriptures, that he has gone ahead and prepared good works for us. He's gone already. He knows what's coming, what's there. And if he can allow those things in his love, in your life and my life, it means it's to help me get to that place. So if we look at life in that regard, whatever you're going through, the difficulties, especially the difficulties, and say, God, you have allowed this. I don't understand. In fact, I actually don't like it. But, you know, you are my God. You are my creator. You are the one who give, gives me life and purpose. I'm going to believe in you and allow you to help me. Now, if a baby does not increase in weight and length after a few weeks, something is stunting its growth, right? That's, I mean, it's language we understand. If a baby is not growing, something is stunting its, its uh, growth. Lack of nourishment is likely the cause. Christians stunt the development due to lack of nourishment. We stunt our uh, growth due to la lack of nourishment. They may not know, Christians may not know the grace of Christ. Their knowledge of Jesus, the Lord, is undeveloped. To Second Peter, verse 3, um, Chapter 3, verse 18 reminds us, it says, But we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to grow, not to remain complacent, not to remain stagnant. We are to grow. For a Christian to mature, for them to become stronger, in their faith, faith, that which God has revealed to us through His Word, we need nourishment, we need to eat, we need to consume from Him. Are we, are we, are we okay? A couple more minutes. The truth is, a mature person, and I speak of, uh, to us, and I would like us to, I mean, we think of ourselves as mature, and, but just listen to what I'm saying and maybe put into your life, in, in the, put the context into your life. A mature person, you and I, who has grown up spiritually, he or she is no longer a baby because they've grown up spiritually. And that is what I'm um, 
um, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 6 says to us, you actually are not crawling anymore. You're not, you're actually walking. You're actually running. You're actually, you're going, you're going forward. Um, things are not, um, the more you mature, the, the, the less things impact you. Because hey, that's, that's a prize. You are maturing. You're good to, your concentration, the upward call is what you're looking forward to. Are you holding on to them? Because that is the promise that God has for you. In fact, you, you um, appropriate the word of God into your life. So things are happening and they don't make sense, but you appropriate the word of God into your life. This is going wrong and you say, but an uh, immature Christian would say, but obviously God doesn't love me. How can he allow this to happen? But a mature Christian would say, Father, I don't understand why this is happening. These things are happening, but your word says that you love me. Your word says that you died for me. And if you did that, in fact, your word says that you sent your son to die a brutal death for me. And if you did that, this is actually nothing. Because I understand what your word says. Because I believe that. And if I believe that, then this becomes easier. Though I don't understand it, it becomes easier. Because I know what his word says. And I can appropriate his word to my situation. Um, we all know, as I said earlier on, um, Christians who have been um, walking this journey for a long time. But they think like children and act like children. Some people have been Christians for 25 years plus and they still think like children. Why? Because they're ignorant of how Christianity applies to their life situation. Here's a question. Do you often apply the word of God to your every situation? Now, can I say you cannot apply God's word to your every situation if you don't know what God's word says? You need to consume the word of God to be able to apply his word in your situation. And sadly, this attitude characterizes Christianity in our time. So many Christians today think and act like children. The church is full of children attempting to think and act like adults, yet they are children. The truth is every Christian should grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ immediately from the point of conversion. We should be growing and we can actually measure our growth. You can measure it yourself, and I can measure it in you, and you can measure it in me. And that's why we are called to be in fellowship together, so that we can encourage one another. And I can say, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. The Word of God doesn't allow for that to be the case. What are you doing? You are better than that. You can say the same for me uh, towards me and say, no, it's not how it's supposed to be. The Word of God does not allow for that. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Why we encourage one another? We encourage one another. Grace, simply put, is God's provision 
for our spiritual needs. Grace also means that God gives without any strings attached. Grace means we orient to what God does for us, not what we do for Him. I'll share another quick story, if I may. I was just uh, doing, uh, walking around to get my blood flowing, you know, of the uh, December couch potato story. And I was just walking and, and um, in my head I thought, okay, you know what? 2024 is here. We need, I need to do more. I need to do more. What is there that God I can do more for you? And man, I just felt such a heavy sense, a heavy conviction on my heart. Uh, as uh, the Holy Spirit said to me, Joe, I don't need you to do more. All I want is for you to spend time with me. All I require, all I need, all I desire is for you to spend time with me. <laughs> now that throws my whole, almost the uh, gospel of works that we've almost been brought up with. You know, we see that on TV. You need to do more. You need to give more. You need to do, you need to pray more. You need, and so those things were happening. God said, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't need any of that stuff. All I want is you. All I want is you to spend time with me. And I, I almost broke down in, in, in tears and said, God, I, I'm sorry for thinking like this, but my upbringing is, my Christian upbringing has almost forced me to, this is how I get um, um, approval from you. This is how I get to, uh, to engage with you. If I do more, hey, but actually, you know, when you do more, you feel good. And you can tick that box. I've done more. God, I've done more. So you best do what you need to do because I've done that. God says, no, no, I, I don't need you to do anything for me. All I need is time with you. So can I also encourage you amongst the many encouragements this morning that God does not require for you to do anything for him. Anything for him. All he desires is that you would spend time with him. Make time for him. However that looks like, I don't know. You have to work it out. But make time for him. See, many people stay in the crib of the Christian life for nearly as uh, nearly all their Christian experiences, all their Christian life. Can you imagine you're still in the crib, still in the cot? For all your life, all your Christian life, you're still in the cot. That doesn't sound right. Doesn't look right, right. Why do I say that? Because a person can live the spirit. Listen to this. A person can live the spirit-filled life and may, and may persist in immaturity. You can live the um, spirit-filled life and persist in immaturity. Why do I say that? Because spirituality is not the same as maturity. Spirituality is not the same as maturity. Spirituality is absolute. Either you're in fellowship with God or you're not. That's spirituality. Maturity is relative. It is a matter of degree to which we appropriate God's truth to our every experience. 
So I can be spirit-filled. I'm born again. I've got fellowship with God, but I'm still exercising. I'm still uh, finding the crib in the cut. And this is how I live my Christian life. But I'm still born again. I'm, I'm, I'm spirit-filled. But I'm not maturing. I'm not maturing. And that's not how it's supposed to be. See, growth in the Christian life is a process from babyhood to adolescence and maturity. And then at maturity, an orientation to the upward call, that prize, that goal, that end goal, I'm going to finish this race, takes effect. So Paul will encourage his friends and say, Dear friends, I've encouraged you. We're in a race. We're in a race. This race, we have to finish this race. Let's finish it well. Let's continue together. I'm not here to try and beat you in this race. I'm not here to knock you out so I can win this race. No, I'm here to encourage you, to motivate you that we, we finish the race together. Because if we finish the race together, we, then are, we are all victors. We are victorious. We give God the glory as the, those things they mean. And remember, you're on a race. The enemy's uh, part of his plan is to deter you in this race, to stop you, to slow you down, to, not, to um, stop you from achieving those things that God has called you and I to. And if we are looking to the right and to the left, those things will deter us. Those things will slow us down. But when we look into the upward core, that prize, the end of what he has for us, man, our motivation is different. Then those things don't, don't stop us. When, things, when life happens, God, you still love me. Uh, you still got a, a purpose and a plan for me. I'm still going to race. I'm still going to run. I'm st- and I'm going to help my friends wherever you call me to help them. So in conclusion... Growth into maturity for you and I as Christians takes a regular diet of the Word of God. And notice I say a regular diet of the Word of God. And the question I have at this point is, Are you growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus the Lord? Are you growing? Are you stronger in your faith today than you were a few months ago? Are you getting nourishment from the Word of God? Remembering that the Father says it in His Word, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. We are the ones who change. Seasons come and go. Things change in our lives, but He remains consistent and the same. Therefore, if He says that we need to be nourishing ourselves in His Word, we need to be nourishing ourselves in His Word. And so, 
For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Is your heart fully committed to him? If not, ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we get to learn what maturity looks like. There's more to be said, more to be um, learned. Thank you, Lord, that all the answers are in your word. I ask you, Holy Spirit, for myself, for my family, for the church, us as a church family, God, you'd help us, Father, to be fully committed to you. Show us how that looks for us individually, Lord, and show us how that looks for us corporately, together, Father. All for your glory. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.